0: Hello everyone. Welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke. Now, last week if you tuned in, I was discussing eating disorders with psychotherapist psychologist Claudia De Boer and dietitian nutritionist Diana Reed. They mentioned how difficult they as professionals found it to find the right type of support here in Luxembourg. And luckily for me and for you, I hope, one of those professionals was listening and got in touch with me. So today I'm delighted to welcome Dr Salima Arab, who is a child and adolescent psychiatrist and psychotherapist specialised in the treatment of eating disorders, trauma therapy, psychosomatic disorders and intercultural therapy. Since March 2012, Dr Salima has worked in the National Service of Juvenile Psychiatry at Les Hôpitaux-Robert Schumann. She is the medical doctor responsible for the day clinic and also works in the outpatient clinic and the emergency unit. Dr Salima has developed new therapeutic approaches in Luxembourg by using the day clinic and an outpatient approach in Luxembourg. And she is the co founder of the Motor Programme designed to treat obesity in children and adolescents, in cooperation together with the CHL hospitals, Renat Center, LIH, and the University of Luxembourg. Welcome, Doctor Salima. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's so wonderful that you listened to the podcast. You saw we were talking about eating disorders. And what piqued your interest was the fact that even the professionals are not so keenly aware of what is on offer in Luxembourg and what is a growing offering in Luxembourg. So firstly, tell us about what you do and what is out there for us in Luxembourg, for those who have eating disorder issues.
1: Thank you for having the opportunity to talk about this. I found very important Uh, issue. As we know, eating disorders are generally on the rise, especially for children, uh, kids and adolescents. For us at the National Service of Adolescent Psychiatry, it was very important to give the children adolescents to get treated. Actually, we always treated adolescents with anorexia in our service, which exists since 2003 in Luxembourg, mainly at Kirchberg, but also at Esch. But we tried to get uh, new help to the adolescents by using the guidelines that exists, but also to give the adolescents the possibility to get therapy without leaving their environment. Yeah? So the, the approach of a day clinic is that adolescents can stay at their home, they can sleep at home, but can profit from a multidisciplinary approach of treatment of eating disorders. That means in our day clinic, it's not only psychotherapeutic help, it's also psychiatristic help, it's also body therapy that they can profit from, nutritional therapy, sport therapy, but also manual therapies, educators and teachers who can help them. Which is
0: exactly what Diana and Claudio are talking about, the fact that when it comes to an eating disorder, it's a multifaceted approach. It's not just one or the other. Now, I just want to dig into why you think they're on the rise.
1: Why they are on the rise? This is a very, very good question, which is discussed a lot in the societies of eating disorders. Well, what we see maybe to say is like anorexia doesn't seem to be so much a rise. We always had anorexia at about one to (laughs) two percent. But what seems to be on a rise is bulimia nervosa and binge eating disorders.
0: We did talk about what they mean. But again, from your professional point of view, can you just give us the definitions of those?
1: So anorexia is an eating disorders where we see a lot of weight loss in a specific time, uh, specifically thoughts on, on only calories or how to restrict eating, how not to eat a problem in the body perception, a false body perception, yeah, and also already medical issues by, for example, losing the menses, yeah.
0: The menstrual cycle. The menstrual
1: stress, thank you. Bulimia is more about having uh, binge moments where they eat a lot, yeah, but also having moments where they vomit, yeah? and, but also occupied a lot by calories and body perception, etc. But usually still having a menstrual cyclist. But because of vomiting a lot, already maybe suffering from problems of the esophagus, stomach issues, potassium level is low, so they can have also really medical issues. We talk about binge eating when we have people also binging a lot, but not vomiting. And in situations of only binging a lot, of course, this can do then after time to obesity with all the medical problems with obesity, like having maybe metabolic problems like Having a high blood pressure, diabetics, fat, high cholesterines etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all these three eating disorders, they have an underlying psychological problem, but they also show a lot of medical symptoms which are really also yeah very difficult in, in the treatment as well.
0: Yeah. So it's a very long line. It seems to me that, as you say, and last week's guests also said, it starts in the mind, in their perceptions about themselves for a multitude of different reasons. And then they take it out on themselves. Of course, that, <laughs> the end point of that is other medical issues. So it's a very long stream of things.
1: Yes, we think that it starts in the mind and we get after that medical problems. But what the latest research work shows as well, that, for example, anorexia is very much linked also to medical problems, like, for example, colitis ulcerosa or Morbus Crohn. So we know that there is some kind of linking between these illnesses. So till now, we don't know for sure whether it's only psychological how it starts or if there There is not also other points which have a big link on that. So I think we are still on finding out what is really behind. So we are not still really at the point of really knowing what's behind that. Which is also interesting that we don't know
0: why they begin or the seed of these issues. So we're still dealing with how to treat them. So let's think about what you do. You're seeing mostly adolescents which are mostly female, but not exclusively, of course. And there are other centres in Luxembourg which help children as well, even younger children.
1: So at what age
0: does this begin to show?
1: Yeah, so usually we talk about anorexia, for example, starting at the age between uh, 12, 13 and 17. But what we saw as professionals in the last years, that anorexia started to start earlier much more earlier than before. So I saw already cases, but that was already when I, st- I still worked in Germany at the age of eight. Yeah? But we see also a lot of cases with the age of 12. Yeah? Why did it start earlier? But we listen from other professionals in all the countries abroad. I think one point is that first of all, girls start in puberty earlier than before. Yeah. The reason for that is still unclear. We think that there are some ecological, socioecological reasons therefore why puberty starts earlier, yeah. And the other fact is also that our teens and even earlier are more faced or more uh, confronted to how girls have to look like, yeah, to shapings, to to all these things. So this starts much earlier than it was for example in my childhood and then the childhood of the generation of my parents, yeah. So all all these things uh, taking care of my body shape of how I look like all these thoughts starts much much earlier in our society than it was before so we think that this also has an impact yeah. and another impact i think also that we know that parents of kids nowadays are also more concerned about their shape than that was generations before yeah so i meet a lot of girls or um, the parents who are also on dietetics yeah and also take a lot of care about their nutrition etc yeah so this is an overall society point that nutrition and body shape has a big, big impact than it was like 50 years ago. Yeah, So we think that this also plays somehow some kind of role. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something I wanted to touch upon, actually, because
0: we have statistics, you are seeing the adolescents and, and younger children sometimes as well. But when it comes to adults, I feel these are Unknown statistics, because there are so many people out there, and I suppose I know women more than men, but I know men take care of themselves as well, where they eat certain things, they eat in a certain way. And they're probably living in a a nutritional deficit for many, many years because of what they're eating. One is so concerned about body shape sometimes. Because, yes, we are bombarded with images, uh, social media, of course, television videos, the whole spectrum of the usual combination of body images. And so... What do you do? What do you say to those people? It isn't exclusively women, of course. It's increasingly men, I think, as well. And of course, it's, it's not gender specific. There's no ethnicity for this. When you see the adolescence of parents who are taking care of their bodies so impeccably or are on diets, how do you talk to the adolescent to bypass what their parents are doing?
1: Well what you're talking about is 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 uh, it's a very difficult issue of course if this is i mean this sometimes <laughs> adolescents bring it up like how why should i eat all of that and my parents don't pointing out that their parents already had don't eat that or my mum already suffers from uh, anorexia or binge eating or whatever. So yes, it is a very difficult issue. It's really to see case by case and situation by situation. Of course, we try to talk to the parents as well. I mean, we, we have a systemic approach, so we always have a lot of family meetings where we just discuss all these things together as a family so everybody can bring these points to, to reflect on these things. Is my body control question mark yeah that's uh, also something which is not really yeah? what about embracing our body as it is and just accepting it what would happen then yeah but it's very a very difficult issue especially when it comes like everyone in the family is having these thoughts our brains are already so much as you said confused by all these images and by all the things we heard, what we can do, how we have to look like. We have a lot of neuroplasticity in our brain. So that means we are formed by what we see, what kind of talk we take for us and what we see. So we are formable. yeah. And this to risk to discuss, so it's more going in discussions, in reflections, and to see how could it be different. That is what we try uh, with the families and the adolescents.
0: I'm sure you're treating the family as a unit, but that's what systemic therapy is, of course. And it's not just the adolescents or the children at all. In fact, just before our interview, I was looking at one Facebook group. It's a ladies' group, and one of the ladies was saying, where can I buy such and such because I want to go on a low-carb, no-sugar diet. And I know that she has children, That's very common. I mean, you know, some people think, oh, I should cut out sugar because perhaps it's it's cancer, etc., or low carb. So... With your professional hat on, tell us about what the symptoms are that we as parents or friends of either adults or children can look for. Uh, we touched on it last week again, but what are the first signs we should look for? And then I think the trickier part of this is how do we help our family member or friend?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a very important question. Yeah, It's, uh, it's true. It's not so easily to see somehow. Yeah, so especially we are in hospital we see the child uh, the adolescents when they are already really underweight quite heavily underweight yeah and they just found it out a month ago or something like that uh, the the family yeah so it's 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 also difficult somehow because of course parents don't see often the shape of their um, adolescence often they just see it when then they are at the beach or something like that Yeah, and especially now I know especially now there is this um fashion for baggy clothes Absolutely. so it's, it's difficult <laughs> <laughs> sometimes to find out yeah that's true yeah this is the other point on that yeah. uh, but what kind of signs are there so especially if um, children or uh, the adolescents start to skip meals yeah if they start not eating about special foods, if they start to talk a lot about food, uh, if you see in the Internet, uh, you see they're just looking for recipes, etc. Or they start cooking and baking a lot, but not eating it, yeah? making only you eating it yeah or if they start looking a lot for shape issues and they talk a lot about shape and uh, you see they admire people who are really in very low shape and uh, following their nutrition style etc there are a lot of people on youtube etc where they they promote some uh, some healthy habit yeah so if you see that All the interest is concerning in food and they start to reject their friends. They don't meet friends, which is in COVID times also difficult because a lot of adolescents are not allowed to meet so many friends. But I think, and I say it as a psychiatrist, it's still very important that they meet friends. But if you see that it's really like monothematical, yeah, and only sports and eating is important, then you really have to to be concerned somehow. And if at the same time, they also lose weight. Not everyone is losing weight. If they are like bulimic, they won't lose weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I want to go back to, to one of these things, which yeah. I know happens. I've yeah. seen it. Why do people want to bake for others or cook for others and not eat it themselves? Why do they do that?
1: Well, I think there are different reasons, but one I have a hypothesis which is mostly in common is it's a little bit they feel better by that having on their self the control to do something that is to bake something that is very tasty, they laughed maybe, and to make other people eat it and not themselves. This gives a high a feeling of I have the control, yeah. You know, anorexia is therefore very difficult because it's an illness which make especially adolescents in a period of identity finding yeah make them feeling like someone who can control things? Who is someone with power and make them feeling really good somehow? Yeah. So a lot of adolescents told me that this make them first time feeling like I am, I can control something. I am someone other people couldn't. They give them a lot of self esteem somehow, and that makes it so difficult to treat it as well because uh, from the one why should I do something against something where I don't feel that gives me self-esteem. As well.
0: Oh, well, that's interesting because the self-esteem sounds like it's coming from the control of the situation rather than or possibly combined with the weight loss and how they look. Yeah. Which is it? Is it both?
1: I think it's both, I think. Yeah, the control issue is a important issue a lot of adolescents with uh, especially anorexia and binge eating is uh, or uh, bulimia is a little bit the other opposite because by bulimia you have lack of control you lose control by binging and this is something very very difficult for the binge eating adolescents yeah because they feel like i have the no control and then they start to be restricted and to get control back anorexic uh, girls um, mainly girls we, are, we also treated boys have this feeling they have Control over all the things where they don't have control over a lot of other things, and that is one of the hypotheses. An international hypothesis is that we see now more eating disorders because of the claim of getting again control over things. Yeah, like um, and how in the pandemics we don't have so much control over a lot of things that happen around us. Yeah.
0: Yes, and of okay. course you've mentioned to me as I've known internationally, it's been seen that eating disorders have increased through COVID yes. times. That's true. What are the long-term medical effects of anorexia and how long does it normally take, if there is such a thing as normal, on average to get out of that cycle?
1: Well, we say in average the therapy takes almost two years. And that's what I tell also the parents and um, the adolescents. That's also to take also some pressure away because a lot of parents come with adolescents. The adolescent. They think like in one month or two months, everything is fine. yeah. But that's not real. These thoughts and this behavior to changes and these thoughts is very, very difficult. yeah. And because, as I told you, there are so many positive aspects too. yeah. And uh, from a psychological point of view, from the medical point of view, of course, there are only... There are no no positive effects, yeah, uh, from an anorexia, for example, because by losing weight, getting underweight, you lose a lot of healthy things. Like, for example, you lose the menstruational cycles. The hormones will not be metabolized as well. Uh, there are less of hormones. The girls stop to, to um, grow. To grow, yeah. So usually, if they um, face a long-term anorexia, they stay small. Yeah, they won't grow. The other point is the um, bones. We know that the long-term effects are also osteoporosis, and therefore also a lot of fractures and long-life problems we know that they can also suffer from cardiac problems and also from kidney problems because of the loss of weight or the, the malnutrition and we know that the malnutrition also has an impact on the brain we see that the brain can also a little bit um shrink shrink yeah often it can regrow again but it, at the beginning it shrinks yeah and we know that this has a long term effect on concentration, but also in mood, yeah, and mood stability. And psychological, we see that uh, people who suffer long-term from anorexia, they get very rigid in their thinking, yeah, and very unflexible in general. And of course, why a lot of people die from anorexia, the first reason why is a suicide, yeah.
0: And it's, a, it's the highest rate of mortality for adolescents, I believe. It is, yeah. It's like 10 to 15% or something like this.
1: Yes, it's very high.
0: It's extraordinary. Uh, it's,
1: it's, it's very high. And for girls, it is the, mo- the, the reason why most adolescent girls die after accidents. So it's, it, it is really, uh, yeah, it is a really severe and difficult illness. Can I ask
0: how many people or what percentage of adolescents in Luxembourg suffer from anorexia?
1: Well, there is no real data. We know internationally what kind of data exists. I think that it's in Luxembourg almost the same, but we don't have any really data concerning that. Mm -hmm.
0: And for adults, you've talked about the metabolism issues, osteoporosis potentials, the changes in the brain size, a hormonal deficit. Is it the same for adults?
1: Almost the same. I mean, despite the growing thing, I mean, stop, if it started later, I mean, it depends on when it started. Often we see also adults who already suffered from adolescence age. Yeah? So it become a chronic disease. We saw that in the late studies, we see now a peak after giving birth. Or later um, in the 50s like beginning end of 40s, 50s yeah, where there we see that also there we have a quantity of adult women where it starts there at this age yeah. so of course if it starts there we don't have these growing uh, problems yeah. but of course we can also suffer from osteoporosis and where we know that Anyway, females uh, after 50 have a higher risk. So that's the period of
0: menopause. So that's where hormonal changes are happening again. So do you think that anorexia is linked to that other change in a woman's life?
1: That's a very good question. Yeah, that's a really good question, whether it is that or the other question is also a little bit like the midlife crisis somehow, which we know more in men than women, but this exists also in, in women. Yeah, Like seeing the body change, we know that at this age, the body changes differently, and to get easily more weight, which is also normal, yeah, etc. And starting to do something against not to get overweight, etc. Maybe the kids go out from home, so there are a lot of changes at this age. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a little bit finding also a new ad- identity, I think, it could be also a reason. But I'm really not an expert in mm-hmm. adult um, anorexia. So
0: it's fascinating that the research is still in development. Yeah. I want to actually ask: Is is this treatment that you provide free?
1: Well, it's covered by the CNS.
0: Which is good to know as well, because, you know, when you have a multifaceted approach to anything long-term, like a two-year approach, which you were speaking of on average, uh, that could cost a lot of money. So
1: That's true. So, I mean, the approach in our unit, in National Service of the Adolescent Psychiatry, is, is free. It's like always, if you go to a medical doctor, you have to pay in advance and get it later, but it will be reimbursed as it is for children. And uh, even now, the good thing is that dietitians are now also reimbursed by the CNS since two years, I think. That was not the case before, Yeah. For psychotherapists who are working liberally, it's still a little bit difficult. There are outgoing uh, discussions with the CNS, mm-hmm. but it depends on of your insurance. You
0: know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know because that was something we touched on last time. Yes. Now, moving on to binge eating and something we didn't talk about in the first podcast on eating disorders obesity this is also something that in the last four years you've worked extensively on and have set up uh, more programs so tell us about that problem is that a growing issue
1: well this is a growing issue since 20 30 years I think yeah so if you talk to the pediatricians they will tell you they see a lot of kids who are uh, even obese overweight or obese yeah but there are mainly no or less uh, therapeutic approaches Yeah, and it's a difficult point. So obesity in general, we see that it claims worldwide. Yeah, as the way how we work and even our kids do sit a lot yeah mm-hmm. they don't have so much they don't move so much as i think generations before so are sitting a lot they're gaming a lot and that makes them our food is hypercaloric um so we what we see really is a little bit that we have more the extremes yeah they yeah. are the ones who don't like sugar at all and are very very healthy i do it like this but and then there are the other extremes yes. so we we see a little bit more the extremes we did for our project we, d- we did ask the Ministry of health to give us numbers from the school medicine uh, unit and it seems that overall around 11 percent of kids and adolescents seem to be uh, overweight and obese yeah so it's a high number. It's a higher percentage than those suffering from the opposite, in fact. Yes, It's it's a higher number, yeah, absolutely.
0: So again, I mean, it seems obvious as to what the answer to this is, but it's not so easy to put into practice as a parent or a caregiver. So what can parents in this situation do? And I suppose, again, you're going to tell me that the family dynamic has to be treated as a whole entity and depends what the whole family eats. So so what can we do to encourage these families who have an obese child or an overweight child and and have problems
1: themselves trying to tackle it? What can
0: we do to help them?
1: So first of all I think it's important to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's always the most important things to talk about in family. How is our eating behavior? How do we eat at home? Yeah, What do we eat? Yeah, uh, Do we eat off by snacking? Or do we eat normal? Do we have normal meals where we sit together and eat with all our mindful in a mindful way or do we just like it? Uh, yeah, Scoff Scof yeah. would be the word. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like this yeah and um, when do we we eat. Do we eat all the uh, all the time when we are looking, watching TV together, or gambling, or something? Are we all the time snacking something? And if we snack, what do we snack? What kind of it do we show? Do we move a lot? Do we go out? Do we do sports together? Do we do activities? How much do we promote activity in general? Yeah, for children, small children, it's very important to promote as much physical activity as possible to go a lot outside to do a lot outside together yeah it's not necessary not to eat no no snacks anymore no chips or no sweets sometime it's okay yeah sweets are okay Snacks are okay, but everything in balance, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm absolutely against saying no no snacks at all and no sweets at all, but it's always the balance and to eat mindful, yeah. And to be really concentrating and eating, yeah. So this is very important. And to give meals a certain importance in family, I think that would help a lot, yeah. Because I know a lot of families, unfortunately, there are some families they don't eat at all together, yeah? And um, there's no time uh, where this is, uh, exists together. And this is important, not only concerning eating disorder, it's also important for family as a whole, because this is the moment where we can talk, where I know what my kids are doing, the kids are knowing what the parents are like, and we can get a conversation where we could be really in good contact. Yeah? So mm-hmm. and, uh, again, just changing this behavior could be so much helpful in a lot of things. Yeah? And the other thing, it's important not to shame these children yeah because especially kids with overweight and obese they are facing so much uh, bullying and bullying and teasing concerning their body yeah mm-hmm. and this is not helpful at all yeah if you have to regard our language how we talk about these kids and adolescents yeah because they all of them are very very much um displeased they're very um they are very um, sensitive and anxious about this. Yes, and they are not happy at all with their body. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Not only the ones who are too thin, but also the things who are a little bit overweight. And so there is a, not a good relation with the body. Yeah, And mm-hmm. we need to go in the way like uh, to, to to embrace our bodies, to say our body is OK and you are OK. And I mean, and, and not maybe to over... Think. Not to give them yeah to overgive them too much importance yeah the body in general yeah so this is also imp- also for the also for the overweight and obese kids it's important yeah.
0: how do you help as a friend because I'm thinking of adults as well or a caregiver or parent to somebody in that situation I suppose again I'm thinking as as a mother talking to a child how do you talk to that child to help break that switch that their bodies are a reflection of who they are because how can we think it isn't to embrace our bodies as they are. Mm.
1: Well, the point is, it's not uh, body is a part of us. And especially for kids and adolescents, body has a much, much higher importance than maybe for than for adults. Yeah, because it's somehow uh, they are faced to changing bodies and they are faced um to being more determined and somehow it is like this at this age uh, body plays a higher role it's like this it's like if you see the small kids they are lot teasing each mm-hmm. other a lot with uh, body things and so they are more physical yeah mm-hmm. so this is a part of that but the point is um, how we name this physics so we can't tell them that your body doesn't matter yeah your body does matter but your body is okay even it is like this This bodies are different there is not this one Model for body, yeah. Everybody is okay, but your body is important. So it's more in this way to say it, yeah. So we can't say body isn't important, yeah. Of course, it's also important to talk uh, if you see someone getting in a very low time so much uh, overweight. So of course, this person knows I'm, you know, uh, I, I I got ten kilos more in in a month or two months. So there is something, yeah. So it would make sense. Of course, to say, okay I'm just worrying. Is there something with you? I was wondering if there's something with you. Yeah, I, I feel you are a little bit different and not to point out too much. But again, this gives an opportunity to talk. Yeah. So, the talking would be the first step. F- talking is very important, but of course, in a very uh, validating way, yeah. And not and always talking from your perspective and without judging, yeah. Judging is always difficult, so it's more to talk. And of and the very important point is to listen, yeah, to listen what the other one is really saying, yeah, to validate this person, yeah. So, this already helps a lot, yeah. And this can already uh, bring a lot of new reflections, yeah. But judging is very difficult because especially people with eating disorders are very very sensitive to judgments, judgments, yeah. As they are also very judging a lot. They are judging themselves all the time. Yeah? And then to feel judged by other people is very very difficult for them to deal with. them.
0: Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's a a very narrow line of conversation without walking off the, the correct track. And then in the words you've just given me and that context, how can we as a society change that? You said there is not one model for the body, which of course is true, but it isn't always what we think because of the nature of models and youth. That plays a part too. And uh, you you mentioned that ladies in their 50s sometimes uh, also become anorexic uh, because that is a time of great change as well for women. So how can we as a society learn to love the range of shapes we have? Because there is without question that driven down our throats, the, the model figure, the model look...
1: Absolutely. And I think also that we are, we see also too many pictures. We are so many visual, uh, visually um,
0: bombarded.
1: Yes, with with some, uh, that's really, uh, uh, really too much. But at the same time, I see also that there is also another movement. There is this movement, especially in young people who says, I don't care. Everybody is looking like uh, he wants. There is this um, movement of, um, um, this um this body positive movement. image absolutely thank you mm-hmm. the body body positivity um movement exists as well yeah and if i still remember if i remember that for example barbies are also a little bit now changing <laughs> yeah so i found I that very so. positive yeah <laughs> oh i remember <laughs> those days <also> <laughs> curvy barbies or stuff like oh, this oh so, good. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah it started somehow yeah so there are some movements of course they are still not so powerful as the others yeah Mm -hmm. but i think this gives me some hope Mm -hmm. that things are going to change because it's absolutely disbalanced Mm -hmm. yeah and at the same time yeah I, I, we can just talk to everyone to to everyone to to reflect on his image on people and how people should look like and how should i look like how should my kids look like um, uh, is there so much judgment in me yeah mm-hmm. and like uh, and so much uh, ideas of these things has to be like that have to be very determined yeah or if there is not more flexibility i think flexibility in thinking and in ideas and in everything would help a lot. Well, we know for all mental illnesses in general, flexibility in thinking opening up is something very, very helpful. Yeah,
0: But you've also said that actually anorexia leads to rigid thinking. Oh, <laughs> So we have a whole kind of blockage here that you have to unpack and unravel. It sounds like utterly fascinating work and uh, what's also incredibly fascinating for me is that it feels as though we just don't know enough. We're in a, a very much changing society when it comes to hormonal issues, puberty starting earlier and therefore menopause probably starting earlier too Unless, of course, we bypass it by taking tablets for a while. <laughs> um, and then we have the whole global social media implementation upon us, positive and negative. So there's so much there that we need to to help. Do you think there should be more done at school level?
1: Um, it depends on, on which way. Because we know there was a lot of... Um How should I say, there was a lot of ideas of giving, and I see it also from my kids, um, a lot of ideas to give nutritional ideas, how to nutrition yourself, etc. in school. Um, But this has two sides. Um, If it's really like you just have to eat that and you have to eat that and not to eat that, that is not good to have this good bad issues. This is not a good thing to do, yeah, because especially in eating disorders, you already are quite binary. You see, just binary, binary. Thank you. Um, You just think in good uh, black white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not good to do it that way. Yeah. I think just to um, promote healthy behavior. By doing more activity, eating of everything, but not to overeat. To, I think you, uh, the colleagues also said it last time. To listen more to your body would mm-hmm. be very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and I think this could start that already. They also still.
0: said what you just said now again. To be careful with the language. Yes. Not good. Or bad yes, food.
1: Absolutely. That's important because I saw I really saw kids who started anorexia after getting nutritional training, yeah, in in kindergarten or schools, yeah, because they started, Oh, this is not good and especially if you have kids who are more like rigid and only thinking no, there's only one good and bad and kids are more like that. They are more binary, yeah. That helps them of course in their evolution. Uh, to, 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 to be able to know where is, where, what to put. Yeah. But so you have to be very um, open to that. You can eat of everything, it's it's balanced, but just to see more the body uh, point that to move is, I think in children you can do a lot of you can um, avoid much of overeating by just moving a lot yeah i mean our kids sit too much mm-hmm. honestly yeah mm-hmm. when we see that especially in uh, in luxembourg school starts at 4 yeah so at the age of 4 they already start sitting yeah, so the sitting point is not good actually to the small kids. They mm-hmm. need to move. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you could put more moving in a normal uh, uh, school, and, and they are too much also in school uh, somehow, yeah, mm-hmm. because they are hours of hours in school sitting and then maybe coming home and again sitting in front of the tablet or in plan playing something or watching something. So, this would already help a lot because children need to move yeah?
0: we need some teachers to take their lessons outside on country walks
1: <laughs> yeah, and we too as parents as well we need also to do more <laughs> take them out in this
0: <laughs> wonderful pouring rain of a Saturday weekend day yes don your rain jacket off we go <laughs> let's find those wellies again after some sunshine last weekend
1: <laughs> Yeah, I
0: can, uh, they're clamouring at the door to get out I can hear them now <laughs> just mm-hmm. to summarise then we've had a very long conversation and I know you need to return to your two Lovely little children as well. I would just like you to tell our audience how things are growing in Luxembourg. I believe at the moment you have 23 inpatient places, 12 to 15 day places in Esch, um, but you're growing the units.
1: Yes, Um, uh, Luckily, and uh, we are going to get bigger, so that means after summer, uh, uh, the latest will be in autumn, we will have a big uh, national service of adolescent psychiatry in Kirchberg with two units, a unit for the emergency cases of psychiatric problems, and we will have also a psychotherapist psychosomatic unit Yeah. Mm And we will have a big day clinic. And in all these units, we will work especially with eating disorders, so with a specialized team. We work with trauma patients, with a special team, we work on DBT, that is dialectic behavioral therapy, for emotions regulations. Sorry, DBT again? DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy. Yeah? What is that? This is a form of therapy which uh, works on how to learn to regulate your emotions, yeah. So it started actually as a therapy for borderline patients, but we use it also in learning to deal with difficult emotions, yeah. And to learn to go through that, so this is a unit. So they will work. We already work with that, but we will specialize on that more and have also more place because uh, we were till now and we are still a unit which is absolutely full. Yeah. So we are always uh, capacity reached. Yeah. The delay. The capacity of our beds are more than hundred uh, percent. We are more than hundred percent occupied uh, for the inpatient and hundred twenty to hundred. 30% for the day click so we are really a little bit also overwhelmed by all the demand that's why luckily we get no more offer that we can offer as well yeah which is important And we hope to offer lately also more treatment, uh, also more treatment, uh, more outpatient treatment. So, yes, we are going to to change our system and to get also to show me our specializations. But there is help and we are always there for any emergencies, as I said. Yeah. So we are the national service. And if you feel like your daughter or your kid has problems and um, you want to seek for help, don't hesitate um, first of all, it should be our your pediatricians or the general family doctor to go to to talk with him, yeah, to seek for help to see what kind of help you need. He they can help you to go to a psycho, whether to go to a psychotherapist or it would already make sense to come to our unit. They can uh, see with you for that. Yeah, it depends on the evolution of the problematic. You should also know that all the schools, the Luxembourgish schools, but I think also the European schools and the international schools have also um, a school intern psychology department where you can also seek for help or ask if you're not, you don't know where to get help to talk with them first and they can try to help you further to go further. I
0: think often in the case of the the patient it's it's not the patient themselves that first seeks the help it's the parent <laughs> or or a caregiver of course or or a, also and,
1: sometimes friends yes also there we often have that so sometimes friends go to the parents and say i so that and that was a good that's wonderful that. and that is yeah that's really have or go to the school psychologist and talk to them we are uh, like friends going to them saying we see that there is problems what to do yeah so also friends is very important of course teachers too yeah but um i know that for teachers it's also sometimes difficult yeah to 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 see that always yeah but um I really can just say, don't underestimate also the role of the friends, yeah, because they also play a big role. And there are also school psychologists. And um, we also did give lectures to the school nurses of Luxembourg schools, uh, how to see uh, anorexia and other eating disorders. So we hope that there will be more awareness of this illness. But I think there's still still a lot to do. That's true.
0: Doctor, thank you so much for for reaching out to me. I appreciate that so much and telling us about the growing centers in Luxembourg and all that can be done. Thank you for your time this Saturday. Thank
1: you very much.